increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million. And I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Everybody, welcome back to SDRonomics. I'm joined by my buddy Tim Bedwell. We're going to be talking about highly regulated markets and how you can leverage that in your investing strategy. Kenny, I'm going to let you start because I'm actually doing this right now and I don't want to dominate this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so there's it's not like a yeah, right, Bill, you're not going to dominate yeah. the conversation. You run with it. <laughs> right. Uh, sure. Now he throws in the shirt. Did you guys catch that? I mean, it's like jab after jab after jab. Okay. I mean, it's not a jab. No, I mean, what I'm getting at is I, I think there's, I mean, we'll, we'll both have different ideas. I think it's important to know, like, there's different strategies within the strategy of attack. Agreed. But what's interesting and what I've been discussing with, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Jeff Hampton, he's an asset protection attorney. He's literally, you know, he's going to be the uh, Anderson killer. <laughs> I call him uh, insights, the RDNA killer. He does yeah, be the Anderson model killer. Uh, yeah, Anderson model killer. There we and go. And he's a member of our super team. Exactly. And Jeff is, uh, so I, I've been talking to him a lot about regulation and how it would work for someone to purchase a property that was owned by an LLC that had a permit in a, in a market that restricted the number of permits. So in a lot of markets across the country, they use different forms of regulation. And in fact, I'm working with a city right now. We are trying to get data for me about how many STRs are in a particular market. And I'm also trying to help them understand that don't over-regulate in the right ways to do it. And they're, they're totally fine with it. But uh, it's interesting, though, hearing their strategies and their techniques and seeing what different cities and towns, municipalities do for regulation. And so what I'm going to touch on, and I might touch on some of the other things, too, because we're on the topic, but there are certain cities and markets that put a cap. So that's one way they regulate is they'll, they'll say they'll issue a number of permits for vacation rentals and they'll say no more until you know we either really reevaluate at the end of the year or like for example the city i'm in uh Watkins Glen, my property there has to be a, a certain number of ratio of houses for the general population compared to you know vacation rentals uh they you know they, they come up with all these bogus statistics for whatever justifies the cap i mean it, it, it is made up and they so every city's different though that does this and they but they have a permit and what happens is when they put the cap over, you, you can't just go buy another house and get another permit unless, you know, they allow, but I'm talking about like the steel cap where they can't add any more rentals. And so for investors, when they hear that they're out, you know, we hear about this going on in the Poconos right now, all over across New York. You sure you want to share this strategy? 
Just on this path. Yeah, I know, right? So I I do want to preface. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's an HOA or a city, but I probably would stay away from HOAs in general because they can change on a dime. Whereas cities, they have to vote and they have a city council, and there has to be an election for it. So I'd be careful with that. But I'm talking more about cities that are that are doing this across the country. I will throw out there Hot Springs, Arkansas is one too, a market that does this. What? Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, you've got Asheville, North Carolina, you've got Nashville, Tennessee. There's yeah, a lot Asheville, of yes. markets for regulation or requiring owner occupied, right? Asheville is going to do that. Yep. Or, or the owner occupied. I don't want to touch on those markets. That's so like a Boston, Atlanta, um, some of those big urban markets where you have to, in Nashville too, you have to essentially live in the property and rent out if you don't already, if you weren't grandfathered in. However, a lot of these markets, you can buy a property that has a permit that's in an LLC. Hold on, you can't buy it. Well, sorry. Well, let's let's kind of, you know, let's high level approach. You can acquire. How about acquire? Is that, there we go. Perfect. The magic word. And, you know, I guess the disclaimer, I'm not an attorney. Please go talk to Jeff Hampton. Um, at I'm the not end. his attorney and I'm not your attorney right now. And I'm not your attorney. Uh, deal, right? It's, uh, yeah. I love the black guy. He knows what I'm, I, he's already heard me talk about this and he already is prepared for the questions because people will ask me more questions about it. And I'll say, no, you need to go talk to the attorney. But look, so here, that's here's a fun the way. That's how you get a hold of the, the free plug for Jeff Hampton. That's how you get a hold of Jeff Hampton to protect your assets, your liability. Uh, he is the expert in the industry, strlawguys.com. Right. And he's a great guy. Awesome. <laughs> so, awesome dude. Yeah. He's a yeah, gimper. So, uh, so when investors go into a market and they see that there's a cap, they run away. The problem with that thinking is that, you know, that obviously like, cause there's a cap number of competition, it can either increase or decrease depending on the situation. And so we want to take advantage. And if you dive in deeper, a lot of times there are people who are willing to sell or they are selling their properties that are owned by an LLC with a permit. And if you purchase the LLC, acquire the LLC. Or acquire the LLC. Okay, I'll I'll change. I'll say acquire the LLC, and then so then transfer the ownership to your. You, you have the ownership transferred to yourself. You can refinance the property into your name and uh, acquire the property, and it will continue to have that permit. And that is fine by the cities. I've spoken to several. I, I've spoken to different in different markets. I've spoken to the cities, and I've asked them. This question, you know, this scenario, yeah, they, they can't, well, and, and frankly, they're like, well, you know, who has the permit? Well, this, this business has a permit. Okay. Do you own the business? I will. Okay. Well, there you, you know, then that's fine because it is a business. This is a business. Everyone listening, like you're in a business. I think that that needs to be iterated over and over and over, but you can find a lot of these markets will allow that. Now, not all of them, you obviously need to do your research, but a lot of the strict ones will. I've seen so, it but, but, can I put a caveat on that real quick? Go ahead. I personally would not go to the market because if you're willing to defend it in court, um, and once again, I'm not an attorney and I'm not your attorney. If you are added as a member to a business entity, the government really, local government cannot challenge that whatsoever. So what Kenny's saying to do is, what? Let me let me take one step back. Kenny's right. People get scared if they want to invest into Nashville, Tennessee. They're new investors. They don't understand how it works. They post, hey, who, who owns in Nashville in a Facebook group? And they're like, oh, don't come here because 
You either have to live in the property, owner occupied, uh, you can't get in outside of that. Well, that's not true. What Kenny said is what you can do, and I want to, I want to, I want them to know how to do this, right? Because that's the only way it's going to open the market. Ninety nine point nine percent of people are going to run away. I've ran away. I live here. Nashville is seventeen miles north of where I'm filling this right now. I live in Brookwood, Tennessee. I have not done this. I'm not saying I won't do it. I have chosen not to do it previously because it's just been too too challenging for me. I want stuff that's easy. So, but now when, cause I'm been, I'm doing this huge fund and I need larger multifamily and stuff, I probably will do it at some point because the market's so good. So here's the deal. If you want to do this, step one is you have to contact an attorney. You cannot do this alone. Mr. Wonderful, go watch an episode of Shark Tank. I forbid you from doing this alone because there's timing issues. There's a gaps in what happens and there's legal documents that you have to have buy sell trade agreements, you know, all this type of stuff. You have to have an attorney. But if Kenny owns a property in Nashville, Tennessee, or Asheville, Tennessee, and he has it in his own name, it's not purchasable for me, right? right? If he has it in KB Worldwide LLC as his entity, then doesn't matter if he's a partnership LLC or if he's a single member, I can come in and say, Kenny, I will give you $100,000 in that property, but I need to become a member on your LLC. Some states you might want to file an update to your to your articles you might need to file you know an annual report whenever those are the legalities of why you need to have an attorney bingo <laughs> exactly you get added to the llc and there's going to be documents you're going to have to sign before that happens because that has to happen before you can go and refi right because then you're refinancing that property and i've got to get kenny's personal guarantee off of that refinance i take it on a hundred percent and then we remove Kenny from the LLC and then we update the annual report again, saying that Kenny is no longer a member of that entity. Now I solely own KB Worldwide LLC. Hopefully that makes sense there, but there's some timing and legalities in there that if you don't have an attorney, you could get screwed. So remember, you don't really have that relationship. Don't trust the person that you're buying it from. Spend the money on an attorney. Put five to $15,000 into your performance as, in, as a closing expense, right? Because your closing cost should be less. But even though you're refined, you're still going to need to go through that whole process, appraisal, you know, if you're going to do funding and blah, blah, blah. But that's really the only way that you're going to be able to acquire. And the reason it's so fucking good is because like me, for the last six and a half years that I've been in, in short-term rentals, I've steered away from it. I used to own long-term rentals. I used to own condos down there that if I would have got permits back in the day, I'd probably be fine you know, today, grandfathered in and condos I, I paid three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars for would be cranking out one hundred seventy five, two hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue over the last, you know, 24 months. But that's the beauty of the barrier to entry. Most human beings steer away from the challenge. The, typically, the harder that we have to work, the better the outcome. Right. So in this case, I've chosen to find easier markets to invest into to mitigate my risk that pot of gold at the end of that rainbow better be pretty big for me to go in and go through all that work, you know, to, to go into Asheville or Nashville. Kenny mentioned the market and I'm going to let him talk about it now. Hot Springs, Arkansas, a little bit different strategy because it's on the verge of closing. Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina? My man, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. 
And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. Yeah. So, I mean, you probably know a little bit more than I do because, but I mean, so let me, let me preface this. You know, a lot of people are listening are probably like, why the heck would you even want to do that? They've enacted some, because the market's so good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really the answer. The market's so good. If you look at even in Asheville, North Carolina, I mean, that's a vacation rental destination. And if you have a rental there, you can charge in there because there's a, there's, they're capped on how many they can have. You can only, you can literally charge almost whatever you want. I want to be care, you know, careful what I say there. You can't literally charge whatever you want, but I mean, you can. Yeah. yeah, But seriously, you can charge. Yeah. yeah, Because there, the competition is limited on average across the country. 35% of their, of new Airbnb started this year. So or of all Airbnbs, I should say, or sorry, I say Airbnb, short-term rentals. You know, Mark with uh, Boosley would get me for that. Short-term rentals. So 35% of all short-term rentals were put into service this year, 2022. Not 2021, but 2022. 35% of the total short-term rental population. That many. And markets that have very high saturation, like with little to no regulations, saw the ma- major increases of well over 35. They saw even 45, even 50. I was speaking to um, a group last week about Houston, Texas, and they have very little regulation. And this is more for the rental arbitrage crew, but they saw a 50% increase in short-term rentals this year. So a lot of people are getting into, uh, I'm calling it the, the short-term rental fad now. They're not investors. They're not treating it like an investment. They go to where it's easiest. They know where the money's at, or they think they know where the money's at. They just they just, they just know, hey, I want to make some money, and I'm going to go where it's easiest. So why you should be thinking about this strategy is because it's limiting that competition. We do not want to compete on price. We don't. We want to compete on amenities, out-hosting people, and the quality of our property. That's what we want to compete on. And when you're in a market with, with little to no regulation, you're competing on price. And that's what we're seeing in the North Georgia mountains right now. That's what we're seeing in some of these other markets that are taking a hit is they're competing on price. And that's not to say there are, there are properties in the North Georgia mountains that aren't great locations that aren't doing well. There certainly are. And I don't want to seem like the hater, but it, it is overall, the market is taking a hit because of the saturation. Uh, and you're going to see that in more and more markets as more and more people jump into the game. So the strategy that requires a significant amount of time and effort and energy allows you to win. 
And I like that, you know, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, obviously if the price is right, you know, you get this, this great pot of gold if you put in the effort. And, but that's why we're in it. And that's what we're going to have to do now to do those things is think outside the box and look for those types of opportunities. So, I mean, you mentioned hot springs earlier. Um, I've got a couple of properties under contract with John Hodge, another member of our super team. Um, one of them's a motel and they, I believe they're going from 585 to a 485 cap uh, on permits in the city limits in Hot Springs, Arkansas on November 1st. You have to have applied, you have to have closed on a property and applied for a permit prior to November 1st to be considered. Essentially, if you do that, you're going to get grandfathered in, right? Uh, but there's risk if you don't already have those permits. So like one of the, the, the 15 uh, room current apartment complex that we will convert into a motel only had three, I think it was three STR permits. So one of the contingencies was that they had to pull, they had to get the other permits before we could close so we could transfer them. And one of the strategies that we're slated to close after that November 1st deadline. So we will actually acquire the LLC, just like we were talking about. The interesting thing, a lot of people may say, well, Bill, why wouldn't you do that in Nashville since you live there? Because you say the market's so great. Well, I sat in city council meetings for the better part of four and a half years, and I know how volatile this community is. I have no interest in, you know, even still, unless that, I'm not going to East Nashville to get a hundred thousand dollars to your property. Now, if I had a couple of million, two, three, four million dollar multifamily investment that could yield, you know, 500, 600, 700, a million dollars worth of cash, and that would be a completely different story on the risk basis, you know, to have to go in and deal with that. For me personally, I'm not saying for anybody else. But it's, it's honestly, it's not that challenging to what I kind of coined the term of rotating the LLC on the acquisition side, because you're just rotating a partner out or partners and rotating yourself in. If you have a really good attorney that understands, you know, how to do that. I would not hire an attorney that has never done this before. There are many attorneys here in Nashville that have done this here locally. I'm sure there's attorneys in Asheville and Manhattan and all these other places around Watkins Glen um, that have done it too. Or you go to a guy that specializes in it, like Jeff Hampton, SDR Long Guys. That's really the, the important component to mitigate your risk. Uh, but the upside on the back end is absolutely tremendous. The other compelling rationale for me is the hosting's pretty darn solid in Nashville. You know, we've got a couple of mastermind members that, that host in downtown Nashville. You know, I've seen the way they host. It's, it's like Gatlinburg versus Western North Carolina. And Nashville is Gatlinburg and Palm Springs, Arkansas is Western North Carolina. I mean, the hosting there is dominated by Evolve, which is, you know, a non-boots on the ground. They might have one person and, and they have one community manager there typically. And, you know, they probably have 60, 70% of the property management market share. Well, I know I can run circles around Evolve with my marketing, my positioning, out of that, them, you know, just the personalization, all of that stuff. So we go in and we run the performance and we look at Evolve's numbers and can probably outperform them by 45 to even 60%. Those are huge. Once again, to the podcast that we just recorded and released last week, we're talking revenue. Don't care about occupancy and ADR. Sure, they're inside the performance, but on a revenue standpoint. Right. The other component is appreciation and resale value when the market is closed. Right. So it's almost forced appreciation. If you're selling to an investor, you're in a single family home and you're selling to a non-investor, you're just going to get traditional comps, you know, to determine the value of the property. But if you're selling based on NOI, you're selling based on revenue and EBITDA to a short-term rental investor in a closed market. Now you're going to have forced appreciation. That's another thing that I love about it. And I think, you know, Kenny's probably going to see that in Watkins Glen as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the plan, <laughs> you know? So that's why I put it in an LLC, you know, a property is, is a permit for the, the property. And I spoke to an attorney. I haven't spoke to the city too to verify. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that honestly, I think when we were in Miami, uh, I got a couple questions about this. I, I put this force and I, you know, I shared this idea with people, this concept about, you know, acquiring the LLC to get the permit. And people were talking about some of the markets they were looking into. And they're like, well, I looked and, you know, they have these regulations and I couldn't find anything. And, and, and then that's it. And they stopped. But I asked them, I said, did you call the city? Did you, you know, call it? Like, did you try to figure, really try to figure it out? And the answer is always no. So there's a lot of opportunity in markets that are strict. Um, there's always this fear, though, that people have as well of, oh, well, they made it this strict. Uh, couldn't they just make it more strict? I mean, technically, yes. I mean, they could do that in any market, you know? So be careful too. Like, are you in a, tr a vacation rental market? Like, are people coming there for vacation rentals? Or is it truly a residential area? Because if it is, then you might want to be cognizant of that um, in terms of, you know, what's the general sentiment towards vacation rentals in that market? People can be very, very finicky. I mean, even in the neighborhood I'm in in Watkins Glen, it, Watkins Glen is a vacation rental market, believe it or not, even though they have some weird cap. I live in New York and that's just normal in New York is to have these, you know, over-regulation, government reach, and <laughs> all these things, you know. Uh, so you come on down here, Jack. Come on down south. Come on home. But, you know, I the first thing I did is I, you know, befriended my neighbors. Um, I even have one, one of my neighbors is my quality control guy. Um, he's really, he was really no, I mean, he was friendly. I should say, I shouldn't start out. He was nosy, but he was friendly and he came over and he, you know, introduced himself. He's like, yeah, I keep an eye on all the properties around here. And most of them are residential homes. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. But then I was like, you know what? This guy could be helpful. And he loves doing it. He loves going in and like reporting to me what's going on uh, in terms of the, the, the quality of the property and things. And so what I'm getting at is Andy Bill's in, in room number seven. He's got his TV on too loud. You might want to message him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's got his binoculars. Like, but what I'm getting at is don't just, you know, understand the the neighborhood, understand the markets that you're doing this in. And nine times out of ten, there's tremendous opportunity to take advantage of that other investors just aren't willing to go through the work to do. So and I think that's a really valid point that a lot of hosts probably don't do, Tammy, is they don't try to win over their you know, establish relationships with their neighbors. And, you know, I, I remember my first lake property I bought down at Smith Lake. It was in a community with 18 homes in it and everybody knew everybody. I was the only one short-term renting in there. And I didn't know that for probably a couple of months. And then I, I, we took my family down to the lake and we heard some rumblings from our next door neighbor. So immediately went into the Facebook group that they had and invited, hey, we're here this weekend. It was like on a Thursday or a Friday. I said, hey, if you want to come over, we're catering, literally catered in food and, you know, wine and all that type of stuff. We'd love to have everybody over to come and, you know, get to meet you and check out the play, blah, blah, blah. And we have like 14 of the 18, you know, houses or couples or whatever, uh, you know, ended up showing up. And the two that didn't were the haters. Right. Everybody else was super cool. But now we ended up probably out of the 14 houses, at least 10 or 11 became ambassadors for us because we started that relationship with them. And we didn't do anything crazy. You know, it's not like we had a four or five thousand dollar catered and wine deal. I mean, I'm not sure my good wine was people I don't know like that. I mean, it's a lot 
some $20 bottles of wine and, you know, some public charcuterie boards or whatever, you know, get her done for a couple hundred bucks. Well, <laughs> and literally, yeah. then the next day I went around to every house uh, around between 10 and noon and walked up and just thanked them for coming over that night and just, hey, hey, if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. That's that, that small effort goes so far because if you do get a few haters that have influence on specifically on an HOA board, you know, that's where it can become really challenging. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, there are some, mar- I mean, this is another strategy too. There are some markets that make you, you have to sign, you have to have a petition signed by each of the neighbors, you know, within the block that your property line touches, or I don't know, you know, they're always weird rules, but they have to say that they're okay with it being a short-term rental. And, you know, and that deters a lot of investors as well. Um, and so, you know, that also, if you put in a little bit of, you know, front work there and, and talk to the name, actually talk to people. I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of investors to do is it's just talking to people and, and seeing, and what you'll find out is someone might say, you know what, that's probably not the best area to do it, but over here, you know, there's an opportunity or, or whatever they might be. And you all of a sudden have this tremendous opportunity that fell in your lap that you, you could have never, you know, fathomed before or whatever. So I think that's that's also really important to do is just understand, don't be afraid to talk to people. Like if it seems like you're at a wall, like is there a way to get around that wall or over the wall? Or is that really the end? You know, that's pick up the phone, call the city, talk to people. And and turns out a lot of people are nice. So don't well, be afraid. Call the city, right? I mean, literally when you identify a market, you identify a property and you're not familiar with the regulation. One, you know, Kenny's got a lot of that, those markets covered in STR Insights, unlike any other tool that's out there. But two, you know, always verify. Call the city. I literally, Kenny, you remember two? We'd recorded a few episodes today, but I was on the phone with Lauren, my agent in Bozeman, Montana, and she called me with bad news because I literally found a property at 2.30 this morning and I texted it over to her and it was right in downtown Whitefish. And she she called and she's like, hey, I'm like, okay, no STR. No, I called at eight o'clock this morning, right when they open and we can't, they can't do it. And, you know, okay, but there's different pockets that happen inside of Whitefish. So I'm not going to get deterred. I, you just got to go literally in a market like that address by address. When I find something I like, the first call before calling, you know, the listing agents or anything else is I call my agent and she verifies for me. Then I'll start making moves. I'm still going to verify myself personally, but that's the fastest way for me to get it done just because of the time change, right? So call the city first. I mean, Hot Springs, Arkansas, we put a place under contract. John Hodge and I were down there, met with the city planner or zoning, at a zoning, whatever the title was, in person. And Here's the regulation. Okay, can we get copies of it, please? Don't even take their word for it. You know, because a lot of times if they're lobbied or, you know, their their personal view is against it, they may tell you some things. They're not really lying, but, oh, it's going to be really almost impossible to be able to, you know, get a permit here just because they don't like it. So that's why we asked to see the legislation because it wasn't publicly posted on their website at that point. Wanted the copy of it. Same thing happened first time I went to Bozeman, Montana last Christmas. So we have to do our own due diligence. Kenny's got tremendous resources on SDR Insights for that regulation as well. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'm, yeah, we've really spent a lot of time because it's so important. And I think it's, it should be part of our, our finding strategies too. One of the finding strategies, remember we talked about the tax strategy before in the last podcast, but this one is using regulation to find really good deals and opportunities. The last one I want to touch on is markets because we, we we really hit on markets with permits or, or you know some sort of cap or whatever which is common but there are markets that have uh, zoning regulation as well and so uh one 
market that uh, I was looking at several years ago to invest in um, is with Williams, Arizona. It's near the south from the Grand Canyon. Um, that was purely for, I wanted to have a house there to not only vacation rental, but to to visit there. I, I love that part of Arizona and I love the Grand Canyon. And so I ran into a lot of zoning issues. You know, yeah, you only could find a property that could, you know, had to be a, I don't remember, it was like a CC or, you know, whatever, R2 or, you know, something like that, that you could do a vacation rental. And I think that's something too, when you're looking at it is going into a market and study out what the regulations are, because you don't just want to find a property and, and then take their word for it that you can get it and start renting there, you know, vacation rental investing there. Um, you've got to learn what the city wants, you know, you to do. So it kind of puts you and protects you. And so, I mean, it took us time, but we found an awesome property in an awesome location that had the right zoning. And so we, uh, we own a piece of desert out there that one day we'll put a house on. But <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, but it's all about, it's all about understanding the rules and studying the rules and calling the counties or the cities. We have to call the county out there to, to know what you can and can't do, but it takes work. It takes effort. If you put that in, there's the reward. So like the, the property that we have, I don't think I'll ever sell it. Cause one, the land is just like, it, it's worth nothing pretty much. It's the location of the land and the, uh, yeah, the location of the land in that it's zoned properly. So th those two things of this, this uh, Arizona property. And when we put a house on that, it will kill. It will be one of the only homes in that area that's going to have electricity. <laughs> Everything else around there is all like uh, solar power. And all the listings say, this is why I want to put a house on it so bad. All the listings say like, you know, when it's sunny outside, you'll have power. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I could just go. They don't know what gas generators are down there or what? Well, yeah, they have gas generators, but they don't trust people, you know, someone driving. And it's not like green, green property in Montana and Lodgepole. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lodgepole. That's like virtually Canada. It's between yeah. Whitefish and the the National Park and about 45 minutes north to the border, and the whole town is off the grid. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not dealing with solar panels and gas generators and not being able to find a cleaner. Yeah, we, so we got luck. I mean, it was, it was a tremendous amount of research that I put into this, but this property I got, so they, like many years ago, I don't want to give too long of a story here, a long time ago, that they, they built these like plots. So they have all these plots of land, like they did these sub, uh, subdivisions that they wanted to build out in this area and they never did it, but they started to run the utilities. So they ran the power and the water. However, they ran on the main street, but they never ran into each of the subdivisions. They ran it to one subdivision. And so, and there's plots of land. And, you know, I purchased one of the plots of, I figured this out because I called the elect, uh, electric company because I was like, there's no way I'm doing an off-grid property. Is there anywhere where any plots of land that have on-grid? And they're like, yeah, over here. That'd be a prop. One plot was for sale. And it fit, it's like, never, n never. Or those plots herself. So I was like, I quickly grabbed it up. And I mean, it's literally the only quote unquote subdivision that has power ran to it. So I can easily hook up uh, when I build the house there. So, I mean, that gives me so much more of an advantage than all these other houses when I do officially build a house there. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be a different game. So that is awesome. I can't wait to see that and come and visit. But research. I mean, that, that, that's really the uh, moral of the story is taking the time 
to figure out, you hit this hurdle. What can I do to go over the hurdle around the hurdle? You don't have to necessarily stop there. There's always a, there's always a way. Um, so, but you got to take the time to figure it out. Go deep, not wide. Thank you everybody for joining us on this episode of SCR Anonics. Kenny, until next time, my friend, that'll be in about 30 minutes. You <laughs> boys later. Thanks for joining us on SDR Nomics. Thank you, Tyler Coon, for being a sponsor. We'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya. Thank you for listening to STR Anomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.